Good afternoon, everyone. Today we will be talking about the song, The Message, and how the song is still prevalent throughout the decades. We will be talking about the decades starting from the 80s, ending in the 2000s, and how songs still demonstrate the same messages. Um, today I have two guests who can introduce themselves. Veronica, the aunt. Teresa, your mom. Um, does anyone, do you guys know anything about the message? <clears throat> I know it's a song from back in the day that it, it just spoke about it spoke about the, the hardships that that black people went through in the I thought it was the 70s until you just said the 80s I honestly did think it was the 70s do you know anything? Um, I honestly, I was thinking the same thing though that it was the seventies, and I think I said that to her in the room, and I think she com- she confirmed that it was the eighties. But to me, it it's pretty much the same thing. It just spoke about poverty and the struggle, you know, of everyday life for Black people in the inner city. Okay. Well, throughout the years. <clears throat> The same problem has occurred and people just find different ways to overcome the problem. Um, but yeah, um, do you guys know the song Another Day in Paradise? By Phil Collins? Yes. Yes. Okay. That song speaks on homelessness. One of the lyrics are, she calls out to the man on the street. He can see she's been crying. Mm-hmm. She's got blisters on the soles of her feet. She can't walk, but she's trying. And it's like, oh, think twice. It's just another day for me and you in paradise. Yeah. So what I get from that is that, um, um, like, even though there's, um, just because we're living one way doesn't mean that we can turn a blind eye to the people who, you know, actually need help. I mean, I understand. I guess we're saying the same thing because my thought was we take a lot of things for granted. And what, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's like we see an old pair of shoes and we want to throw them away. And I'm just using this based on that that one verse that you you pulled out. That we, we see an old pair of shoes and it's just like, oh, it's an old pair of shoes. We're going to throw them away. Meanwhile, there's somebody out there who would be really receptive to that old pair of worn out shoes who would really be grateful to have that mm-hmm. it's more like we take a lot of things for granted meanwhile some people don't know what their day to day is going to be like some people don't know where their next meal is going to come from so that's what I get from that song I'm a Phil Collins fan so she, I don't think she even knows what the song is about I <clears throat> excuse me, just heard this song for the first time today I, I mean, I feel like I've heard it before, but I never really paid it any attention until today. That's like a, a song that was in a mo- an old movie or something, so I didn't really, huh? I've played it, you just didn't. Oh, um, but when I read the lyrics, I mean, I would have to agree with what you said, mm-hmm. because that's that's basically what it is. We're, we live, we're, what's the word I'm looking for? Um. We're fortunate in a lot of in a lot of ways. We don't have to worry about walking the streets barefoot 
because you know that's not the life that we live so like you said an old pair of shoes to us is just that an old pair of shoes we don't think about it if we don't want to wear them anymore we're just not going to whereas someone else will look at that as the best gift they've ever received mm-hmm. and unfortunately a lot of people cannot make a better situation out of what they're going through because they don't have the um the resources if they don't have money they don't have um the help if they don't have help and some people just aren't as lucky um there's another song there's another song called living on a prayer by bon jovi which is also from the 80s. Um, and the point of the song is how, or what I take from the song is how living in poverty can be hard, but sometimes you just have to hold on to, hold on to what you've got. Um, the lyric says, Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough, so tough. Gina works the diner all day, working for her man. She brings home her pay for love, for love. Um, What I take from that lyric is how, despite the fact that they don't really have anything, you still um have to just make the best out of a bad situation. You have to push through. Yeah, you have to push through because sometimes... um. I mean, that's really the only option. There's not really much that you can no, do. That's not true. I mean, you have several options. That's why they call them options. It just depends on how you're going to, how you're going to respond to the situation. Some people only know one way. Some people only know other ways. Some people are fortunate enough to have parents to show them the right way. Or some people just learn that they don't want to do things the wrong way. It depends on you. People don't deal with stressful situations the same way. Some people don't deal with poverty very well. They result to different things. So it depends on the individual. I mean, some people use music as as an escape. That's how they've gotten out of poverty. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't remember that song. The lyrics sound familiar. They sound very familiar, but I can't recall the song by Bon Jovi. (coughs) But I will say that, just based off of what you said, I've never, I've never been unfortunate. I've never been in that situation, so I can't, I can't really speak to it. But I am empathetic to it. I'm very sympathetic to it. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, it's, It's just all in how you handle it. That's all I can really say, to be honest. Understandable. Well, what I have to say is that I do think that um, I do think that it can be hard in situations like that, and I do feel like sometimes there, or for me personally, I don't think that. It's always easy to um, handle situations like that. Poverty? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I've never really been in that situation. But. Not really. 
You've never oh, been yeah, in that I've, situation. Yeah, I've never been in that situation, but I'm just saying, like, for the people who have been in that situation, I don't imagine it to be easy because, um, I don't know, like, I don't know. Like, for me, certain things, like, hmm. Like, I've never been through that situation, but there's certain things that, like, let's say I don't have make me feel like I, um, make me feel like I'm going through something when I'm really not going through anything because there's people who, you know, have it a lot worse than me. So in essence, you're saying that certain, in certain situations, you can see where you're being a little ungrateful to the things that you have versus other people that don't even have a small portion of what, you know, you receive on a day to day. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, but yes, another way that that song relates is because in the message, they talk about how um, they don't really have much, but there's no way for them to get out. They don't really have ways for them to um, grow from their situation because there's nobody to help them. They don't have guidance. Um, And on top of them not having guidance, um, they barely have places to stay and things of that sort. I think those two messages relate because um, they're going through the same situation, just different in different ways. See, it's kind of difficult for me to to speak on. Okay, I'll use perfect example. I'll use my parents. My parents both grew up in third world country in the same third world country one was less fortunate than the other um my mom was my mom was considered middle class my mom grew up a middle class with a middle class dad she grew up with her dad uh when her parents split up she went to school she got her education <coughs> excuse me and um she didn't really have much she she wasn't really as concerned about poverty and distresses of life in the third world country like my dad my dad on the other hand he, he his family did have those struggles and then they met they came to the states and they they struggled because when they're foreigners in a foreign land, they spoke English, but that wasn't their first language, but they spoke English. And now they have to adjust to a totally different dynamic. And they got here in the 70s. Things are difficult for the African-American person in the 70s. I mean, why? Why they're different? The difficult for Black people in, in in 2020. Why do you think it's difficult in the 70s? It's easier, a little bit easier now, but it was difficult in the 70s when my parents first came. Some things may have been a little bit easier, but 9/11 made things a little bit more difficult. Um, but when they first got here in the 70s, you know, they came here. They had they had no one. They had no family. They started everything from scratch. And naturally you come here and you have to find your way. You have to find some sort of ground. 
and they did it. It was tough. I mean, they will tell you, they told me rather, it was really tough, but they weren't considered poverty struck, but it was a struggle. I remember my mom telling me when I was younger that uh, their salary at the time was like $2 and like 30 cents. But that was for a black woman in 1979. That was that was her salary then in a factory in Passaic, New Jersey. Meanwhile, my dad was working at a gas station. I don't even remember what his salary was, but my father didn't have more than a, I want to say a freshman or sophomore high school education. So... I'm not going to blame the country, but I will say that things were tough. Difficult. Yeah, things were things were, things were tough. Somebody that was average, on average, com no, somebody that was comparable to my dad that was of white descent. I mean, they were they didn't have the same struggles living in the same area. A white man at that time at, at that age was not struggling like my dad was struggling. So it it. it it was a it was a bit more difficult. I mean, my father's had his encounters with police where he wasn't at fault, and you know, unfortunately, things got out of hand. And I mean, he was all right, but the end result is it was, things were tougher then for him. You know, not being born here, having an accent, being a tall black man from a third world country how many times has he been told go back to your country like it, it was it was tough mm -hmm. it was tough so i mean again i don't know if i wouldn't consider him we, we didn't live in poverty but we weren't rich i'll say that very understandable so there are ways that people can make a better a better a better life for themselves even though it is hard it really just depends on um, the type of the type of um, way you take your struggle. With that being said, in the '90s there was still um, a major issue when it came to poverty, when it came to um, police brutality, and a lot of um, other um, messages within the song "Message." Um, for instance. The song Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z that came out in 1998 um, talks about Jay-Z and how he didn't really have it all and how a person known to be one of the greatest rappers of all time at one point didn't have anything. Um, you guys do know that song, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, my take on the song is... Um, how at one point he didn't really have anything and how he struggled and how he was seen as something that he wasn't just because he was a black man in you know America and how he took whatever he was going through and he became very successful what do you what do you think when you hear the song All right. It's a little difficult when it comes to Jay-Z because he kind of started his life as a, uh, a quote-unquote thug, oh. a hustler. Yeah. So 
everybody don't have that come up. Yeah, everybody doesn't have that come up. And he made he made connections while doing this. So you Which know, was smart. He used his yeah, foresight. Yeah, he, did. he didn't he didn't make that his end all be all. He used that as leverage, basically. Mm-hmm. Got in touch with the right people. Still, all the while, still doing his thing in the street. But he he made those connections, and he was able to flip his money in essence in a positive way, so that now his legacy, none of his children and his children's children would ever have to live that life. Mm-hmm. If, if if it were up to them. If they did it, it's because that's what they chose to do. But they exactly. wouldn't have to do that at all. Exactly. He like, had to. Like, there's that was there's just... really no reason for them. There's really no reason for them to have to do that. Downstairs, he's, getting, he's saying something that I think you need to hear. There's no reason that any descendant of Jay-Z... Should have to do it, and I will say a lot of people in the early two thousands tried to use his past against him. But at the end of the day, he used his foresight and he used his common sense and knew when to stop the hustling and focus on his brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say that he he used his come up on the illegitimate funds because I don't. I'm not going to say that. I'm not. I'm not going to hate on him because I don't even agree with that. Right. I do believe that he did what he needed to do to get where he is today. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a respecter of his come up. And he spoke on what he went through as a young man and it got him to where he is right now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> hard not life, yeah, I, I agree. And is that a risk I would, I would be willing to take or I would want any of my kids or my husband to take? Absolutely not. Well, in that song, when the lyrics are, instead of treated, we get tricked, and instead of kisses, we get kicked. Um, from that lyric, I take, um, for instance, it's like when you watch a movie, you know how people usually root for the villain? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in that, in there, in that, like, in people rooting for the villain or the underdog. What movie? She's no, it's general. an example. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> when you're rooting for, like, the villain or the underdog, I feel like in that song, that's what he's trying to say is that's who he feels they are. Like, they feel like it's them, the people who don't have it all against society. It's the truth. It is the truth. It's the truth. I Robin mean, the rich to give to the poor. Exactly. But at the same time, just look at how, perfect example, just a black boy walking down the street and a white woman, um, a white woman, um, locks her doors Mm -hmm. why like that excuse me that can be considered insulting or you walk in you walk into the store and then now you have this person following you everywhere you go meanwhile you already told them you don't need any assistance Mm -hmm. why is your eyebrow raised at me meanwhile the white person stole and ran out the store and now you're chasing them so you know what i'm saying so yes i i I mean it, it unfortunately it still happens and i get it but can we harp on that every day? No, but I that that's why a lot of people have their guard up. Well, what I but I feel like um well, first I agree with what my mom is saying, but I do believe that sometimes like I said, in the song the message 
the song message relates to the song in the same in many of the same but different ways because not all of the problems that people went through in the message is what he was directly talking about but i do feel like i do think that um um you're correlating the message to <clears throat> a hard knock life yes i do believe that it's still it's still the same in a way because it's like they're trying to express how they felt in a standpoint they're trying to express how they felt but within expressing how they feel they have to remember that no matter what they're always going to be looked at as the bad guy or someone who's um a like a menace to society yeah that makes sense that makes sense, and and unfortunately, that that still happens with well, rather that happened with uh, Jay Z. Um, I can't remember exactly when. I want to say it was a few years ago, but every time someone um, someone reference, references him, mm-hmm. depending on like who this person is and and, the, and you know the 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 where they're from, their mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. Um, they reference where he came from versus what he's doing now mm-hmm. like he's doing a lot of positive things now you know he he has no relation to that life he once lived when he came from the projects in brooklyn mm-hmm. but anytime certain people um bring him up it's always the drug dealer from brooklyn new york not the businessman from new york city mm-hmm. you know so and another thing is it's not there's nobody wants to to live like that it's like they're referencing that but at the same time if he had a choice you have sometimes you have to do what you have to do to live right he didn't have a choice right so unfortunately yeah it's not like he was like oh let me well it's not really that he didn't have a choice um sometimes when you don't have okay first things first he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth Mm -hmm. that's evident but if I'm not mistaken, his mom tried to keep him away, you know, from the streets, but he didn't have that guidance. father figure guidance to just say, no, this is not mm-hmm. the way that you need to do things. This is the way that you should do things. And it, it's said that that happens a lot, but sometimes that's what people feel like is their only way out versus yes. going through that struggle to try and figure it out. It's like this is this is what I know. This is what will help me now. Versus mm-hmm. waiting to stack up money and then yeah. you know, it's like this is what's going to get my family out of this right now. That's what they're this is do. what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. the The difference between him and quite a few people, though, is that he took what he learned from that and flipped it and made it something positive. And mm-hmm. now he's like a multi millionaire now, but. He he would never I he would never revert back to that old lifestyle, okay. right? Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I think that it's often hard though because at the same time that you can you can say um, I don't want to do this mm-hmm. or my mom's telling me not to do this, but it's more so of a like you said I don't really want to be in this situation right now, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna. Put my yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put myself in a position where I don't ever have to be in a situation, mm-hmm. and he got lucky enough to um 
take his situation and make it something that he got rich off of. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> another song that relates to the message that came out in 1998 was Changes by Tupac. Um, and that song, it speaks on issues of young black poor males living in the hood. Um, the song came out during the late 90s, as I said. And during that time, <clears throat> during that time, it was really hard for, um, like, the for a black person, but in particular, black males, because, um, like, they were just saw, they were seen as, they were seen as, um, like, um, I don't know, like, like, um, like my mom said earlier, like, you have, if you see a black man, like, you but clutch your purse or something, yeah. yeah, so it's like, you, they saw a black man and automatically assumed the worst, the worst, mm-hmm. when, Sometimes that's not even what people's intentions are. Sometimes people are just minding their business. But um I believe that I believe that during that time it was really hard because um during which time um changes came out? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the late nineties. I think that it was hard because even though people had like no one no one really had anything, but with them not having anything they were they were <clears throat> they were already seen as something bad because like you don't have anything now I feel like you're gonna take something from me mm-hmm. when that was, was always just, the case it was always a uh, um for some it was always the perception mm-hmm. just basically based off of your skin tone you could just be walking down the street minding your business have nothing to do with with uh you know whatever's going on to the left or right of you you're just walking straight to your destination and it's automatically assumed that you're trying to do something negative. I mean, perfect example, the same thing happened to me. You know, walking down a street in Hillside mm-hmm. on Liberty, 13 years old, the size of legs like spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just a skinny little tall girl walking down a street. And I see a woman in her car and as soon as she sees me, she locks her doors. Mm-hmm. What what threat did I pose to her? Yeah. The threat that I posed to her was that I am a, a, a black young lady walking down the street. So, it, it's sad to say that that song and a lot of the songs that you even brought up are still very, very, very relevant to November 15th, 2020. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's sad. Very. How did you feel when that happened? Um, honestly, I will never forget that day because it was that was the first time that I've ever, you know, experienced anything like that. That was the first time that I've ever <clears throat> experienced uh racism. Mm-hmm. Um for myself anyway. I've seen it, I've read it, but at thirteen, you know, you're not it's you just read things. It's it's not like for me anyway, when I was that age, I was kind of oblivious because we didn't grow up like that. So I didn't think anything I, I didn't think that would happen to me so just walking down the street and this lady sees me and I could see the fear in her face like in her eyes I could see it That's and then so she locks the doors and I, I remember just like kind of laughing to myself because I'm like 
what I'm actually more afraid of you than you are of me. I'm literally what eighty pounds, if that, mm-hmm. and I'm just not eighty pounds, but I'm just a tall, super slim, double zero was my size. So, what threat did I pose to you? Yeah. So it was kind of funny, but then it was like after I had time to like really think about it, I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe that's really what just happened to me. Right. That is sad. That is actually really sad. Like, <laughs> for example, um, one day my dad was going on a walk and this lady um, saw him and she was in a car and she locked her doors. So, obviously, he wasn't 13 and yeah, he was more offended than... He was more angry than he was, like, you know. Yeah. So, obviously, his reaction was a lot different. But, um, it's like, we're seen as threats when, really, you're just trying to stay out of anything that could really get you in trouble because you're already seen as something that you're not. Right. Basically, judging a book by its cover. Yeah. And, that, and that's, <clears throat> in a sense, that's kind of what he was talking about in the beginning of the song, like, there are no changes. Like I'm, I'm a man and I'm black. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a double whammy right there. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, one of the lyrics actually says, "Give crack to the kids who the hell cares." One less hungry mouth on welfare, and I believe that. Could have said H. I believe that that speaks to me because, um, not speaks to me, but I, um, understand that, um, lyric because during that time, um, it was very popular to sell crack because that was the only money people were making. A lot of people couldn't afford jobs. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people couldn't, weren't like, what is that word? A lot of people didn't have the... A lot of people just weren't eligible for jobs. A lot of people mm-hmm. couldn't get jobs because it wasn't of... that they weren't eligible. They just weren't being hired. And mm-hmm. the crack epidemic was <clears throat> earlier than 98. Well, <clears throat> yeah, crack epidemic was earlier than 98, but around the time the song came out... Mm-hmm. Um, that was what was going on, and that's what was um. That's what a lot of people were suffering from, mm-hmm. and that's the only way people were really making money because they didn't have you know, didn't have the other. They weren't being hired for jobs. Some of them were in like impoverished communities, and just that that's unfortunately like all they knew was mm-hmm. whether either um it was just like low low paying jobs um so some of them had like multiple jobs Mm -hmm. um they didn't really have the education um and then you have those that were you know strung out on on some type of drug unfortunately Mm mm-hmm that's another um problem during that or during that time oh and in the song the change in the song the message um like the police officers and stuff like that they would tear down like 
the buildings, the houses where people lived. Mm-hmm. Um, basically making it more of a struggle for um, the people of color to actually actually make a living be, or make or like live somewhere or be comfortable anywhere because it's like um you don't care about them and then on top of you not caring about them you're trying to make life harder for them during the time of the song changes there was a big theory that the CIA distributed distributed cocaine to the black communities trying to tear them apart mm-hmm. and those correlate because it's like um no one wants to help the black community but at the same time, you don't want to help them. You're making it worse for them. You're making it harder for them. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, during that time, people were making assumptions that all black people were just taking advantage of welfare because, um, I guess they didn't really want to pay for stuff or whatever the case may be. But Wait, say that again. Um, how, how um black people were just taking advantage of welfare. That that's what. That was an assumption. That was the assumption. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one, I feel like no one really thinks about that. It's more of a, I don't want to be in this position, but I am. Right. So you make the best of any position that you're in. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, in the middle of the song, Tupac starts to speak and he says we gotta make a change. It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we live. Let's change the way we treat each other. You see the old way wasn't working so it's the old way wasn't working so it's on to it's on us to do what we gotta do to survive. And I do believe that that particular um part makes sense because sometimes when everyone is against each other it just makes it just as hard it makes it harder because um if everyone's going through the same situation nothing is really if you're not trying nothing is going to change it's how do I say what I'm trying to say it's it's just easier and it would make more sense for them to stand with each other because like, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, it's always easier when everybody's on one accord. But yeah. when, when you're going through something, again, everybody handles things differently. The way you handle it may not be the same way I handle it. And it may frustrate you because I'm not handling it the way you expect me to. Or me getting overwhelmed might overwhelm someone else. Mm-hmm. So that right there, like one person feeds off of another. So that right there isn't is an issue and and I will say it's easier when everybody gets along that's just life it's easier when people get along it, it makes situations a little bit easier I mean it's easier when people are nicer but that's not the world that we live in it's mm-hmm. it's just not reality unfortunately people are not always nice people are not always honest it's up to us and how we handle it and I've been saying that you know I, I've always said that to you and your siblings like everybody's not always going to be like you they're not always going to think like you it's all in how you handle it. And it doesn't get easier as you get older. Hell, I used to say that to your aunts. Well, yeah, it doesn't get easier. So, um, you just have to, like you said, it. depending on the person, people take things, people take their, uh, what they're going through, go through it differently. But, um, 
like you said, it doesn't get easier. So if you're going to take, a, sometimes you just need to take a situation and just make the best of what you can out of the situation rather than being upset about it all the time because that's not really going to get you anywhere, you know? <clears throat> the last, <coughs> excuse me, the last, the last decade, um, the last decade that we will be discussing is the 2000s. So, um, do you guys know the song, um, Say Hello by Jay-Z? I don't know that song. Okay. Do you know that song, Mom? Surprising. Hmm? Very surprising, because I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Unless I know them, and I don't know the name of it. Okay. Well, I will play a little bit of that song for you. It was... It came from a movie. I'm not completely sure what movie it came from, but it did come from a movie. And, um... Hold on. Ugh. Nope. Hold on. You can't play too much because it will get copyrighted. Copywritten? Copy, yeah, copywritten. You might just get, uh... No, we're just gonna hope that that doesn't happen. So... No, I am going to because I don't really. I don't. I don't really. I can't find it, but and I don't want to get copyrighted on this. But um, basically, the the choruses they say i'm a bad guy they say i'm a bad guy i come from the bottom but now i'm mad fly they say i'm a menace that's the picture they paint they say a lot about me let me tell you what i ain't okay sounds like a jay-z word yes so um they just when i listen to the whole song because i do know the song when you listen to the whole song basically what he's trying to say is um he could be minding his business he no matter what he does, they automatically just see him as someone who is a wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Even though he's not, like, even though, I'm not going to say he wasn't doing anything wrong, but that's just how everyone was looked at during that time. Or how every Period. black person, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just how people are looked at now. Um, they took that and they judged him based off of his off of his looks and not off of his character. Um, with that being said, there's another lyric that says, we ain't thugs for the sake of being thugs. Nobody do that where we grew up, duh. And then um, <clears throat> it says the poverty line, we not above. So out comes the mask and gloves because we ain't feeling the love. Basically saying because they don't have anything, they feel like they need to still, and they need to, um... The survival of the fittest for black people. Yeah. Have you ever seen on Revolt TV, there's a commercial. My first time seeing this commercial was on Revolt TV, I should say. And there's a boy, and I think he, I think he graduated college. I want to say he graduated. And he's looking for a job. He has on a, he looks like he has on a shirt and tie and some pants. And as he's walking down the street, he puts this mask on and 
you don't see that I just didn't see it coming. He puts a mask on. I think he pulls a gun out and he walks, he walks into the store because that's his next. Mm-hmm. That's like, I guess he's gone on enough interviews. He's fed up. Like he's done what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it really sucks because I will say that having worked at the job that I work at for all these years, I've seen the competition with college grads, black college grads, male and female, and white college, no, white high school grads, male and female. I've seen interns versus college grads, and I will say that you can have no experience and be white and have a college, have um, a college education and be black, and that high school intern can get the job over you, mm-hmm. and it's very... It's blatant racism. It's systemic racism, as you uh, you may or may not know. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating when it's blatant, and it's frustrating to know that people really feel like th- that person is the better fit because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that some people feel like that's what they have to resort to because they're fed up and they just can't take it anymore. And, you know... Luckily for Jay-Z, he was able to find his out, and he didn't have to, you know, he he didn't have to ultimately resort to becoming a stick-up kid, but it's real life, and some people, that's how they survive, that's how, that's their hustle, mm-hmm. so it, it's, an, it's a sad reality, I will say, it, it, unfortunately, it is still happening. When you hear systemic racism, that's one of the biggest things that they're talking about. What is that? I mean, it's it's blatant racism. Places of work. I mean, when you get up there, I'm praying that you don't have to go through that. But there are so many comparisons. It's like in your place of work, it's the black woman versus the white white woman, the black woman versus the white man. It's the black woman versus everybody. You have the black man or the, or the white man. You have the black man or the white woman ultimately in my line of business the man will get the job first the woman has to work 10 times harder to get the same salary as that man who doesn't really have to do much of anything yeah you know but at the bottom of the totem pole unfortunately no matter where you go it seems is the black woman it it just seems like that i mean Mm -hmm. veronica can attest to that or not Mm -hmm. but it just seems like nowadays that's who really gets the short end of the stick it is, and it's sad because, um, it's just sad because no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you're still always going to be looked at as a, a black, black person. Yeah, as a black person. Like, <laughs> Even as these politicians scream that they want to end systemic racism? Hmm. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, that's another thing, like politics, for instance. Um, when you talk about politics, there's like, um, I mean, look, Kamala just became the vice president. Mm-hmm. People were happier for Kamala winning than Joe Biden. Yep. Granted, Trump is out of office, but I can promise you, people were more excited at the fact that Joe, I mean, Kamala, a woman of color mm-hmm. with parents of foreign background was able to win that vice presidency more than Joe Biden, another white man, was able to win. Now, granted, we all, we 
just wanted, we wanted to a new it. We wanted yeah. a new administration. Mm-hmm. Oh. Let's keep it PC. We wanted a new administration, but everybody that day that it was announced that Joe Biden was the new president, a lot of people were saying, Kamala, or Kamala, the new VP, has broken so many barriers mm-hmm. that the systemic racism is so, it needs to stop. Ultimately, it just needs to stop because at the end of the day, who, who, who did you lean on? They always leaned on the black woman. I mean, if you look at things from back in the day, the one thing I always look look at was the movie The Help. I could never watch that movie until somebody told me that it did have its funny parts. I've always watched it in bits and pieces because I can't watch movies like that. And from what I understand, it was a little bit funny. It had its funny parts. It did. But we weren't good enough to sit at the table with them, but we were good enough to feed their kids. I don't understand that. I never will. I, I can feed I can feed you. I, I can take care of you. But I can't sit at the same table with you and hold the same status as you. Because we're not looked at as equals. Even now. But I'm the one that has to give you the food that you're going to ingest. I could possibly kill you. Yeah. That person is 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 more important than the person person sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. And I don't understand the ignorance that overshadows certain things like that. I don't understand how people don't pay attention to things like that. The person that cooks my food may not have to be my colleague, but I damn sure have to respect them. Mm-hmm. They can make me or break me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't yes. go to a restaurant and start acting stupid with the person serving you because you don't know what they're bringing you. They may not have cooked it, but they damn sure have to bring it to you. Mm-hmm. That 10 seconds means a lot. Very much. That's the point I'm making. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. And like I was saying, even with um the politics, Kamala Harris could be um the best person ever, the best vice president ever. But people just look at her and it's like, Oh, she's, she's a black woman. Yeah, she's a black woman. She doesn't know much and that's No, the, not, not that she doesn't <coughs> know much, it's just that She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. That's why they kept saying that she broke so many barriers. Even with Barack. Alright, so even with Barack Obama. With Barack Obama winning the presidency in 2008. That was a big deal for a lot of people. Then he won a second term. You know how he won a second term? Are you are you aware of what made him win a second term? Just talking to you. I'm talking oh, to you. Like- what, what made him win the second term, amongst other things was when he took out a terrorist. Who? Bin Laden. Bin Laden. I thought, okay. Osama Bin Laden. Yeah, yeah I know who that so, is. So, but... and, and, and the thing about it was, because he had been such a, he was such a threat to the United States for so long, and uh, Obama, let's say Osama, Obama showed, a, you know, that his deep concern, that made a big difference for his second term. Mm-hmm. So, when people say what did he do for his people it really kind of annoys me especially our own people like i'm not i have a lot of thoughts i don't i don't get into politics too deep but sometimes we can be our own worst enemies I'm talking about african american people mm-hmm. we can be our own worst enemies and it's unfortunate like 
politics gets real down and dirty, gets really ugly. But our younger people need to understand what is it that you're watching on TV? What is it that that's making your parents force you to vote, those of you that can vote? What is it that you are striving for for your kids? Why are you going so hard for your kids and things of this nature? These last four years have been very different. I, I don't even know the right word to use. These last four years have been different. But I have a question. Every, go ahead. Throughout the last four years, have you? do you think that there has been any have the things that I've talked about like has like the racism the poverty have you seen it get better or worse what do you think like what do you think we'll use the quarantine as God would have it none of us have had to succumb to it Uh, we didn't have to it didn't take a toll on our household I mean financially I'll say that but uh, the president of the United States called third world countries shithole countries. That's a damn insult. That's a very big insult. I was born in a shithole country. That's a problem. Um, he separated children at the border from their parents. When a parent, a lot of uh, people that bring their kids over here they're, they're bringing their kids... Well, a lot of families that come here, they come over here because America is known as the free world. It's known as the land of milk and honey. So they want to come here because they want to do better for themselves financially. That That's the most important, financially. <coughs> and they want to make sure their children get the best education. And they have other options. You can go to Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, they have Europe. Um, uh, I, I think Europe is... Or Asia, some some parts of Asia, they have great education there as well. But a lot of people choose to come here because America is a big melting pot. And to get to the border and have your kids snatched from you because the leader of the free world said that, yeah, Mexico, Colombia, Ecuador are sending their rapists mm-hmm. and their drug dealers here. I'm not Hispanic by any means, but I was highly offended by that because, let's be clear, Mar-a-Lago's employees are not white men. Who's that? Mar-a-Lago is one of Donald Trump's um, properties where he goes to vacation and has vacation during this whole pandemic where people have lost their jobs and they could not pay their rent, they could not feed their children. They could not survive, and he wants to cancel Obamacare. So if he does that, God forbid they catch COVID, they don't have insurance to take care of themselves. Like, these are the type of things that really take a toll on people, and it hit the African-American community hard and rampant. And he, mm-hmm. his biggest thing was canceling the Affordable Care Act, which was put in place by none other than Barack Obama. So because of what... So because of his ignorance, yeah, people are living, not that he is the main reason, but because of his ignorance, there's not many ways that people could make a better situation for themselves. Do you think that? Well, you know what's crazy? A lot of black people voted for him. A lot of black people feel that Donald Trump helped them. I know a few people who would vote for him if they could. And, um, um, I mean, 
he was in there, he was in office mainly for not political gain, but financial, financial gain. And that's all he looked at. He looked at the finances and he looked at the power mm-hmm. and he, he didn't really take, he didn't take the people serious. He didn't take us serious. He could care less about us. Um, my mom always spoke about, I want to say it was in the seventies when, um, he had real estate because that's what Donald Trump is known for. He's known for pro- he's known for real estate. Nothing like he, political whatsoever. He used he's not yet yeah, not at all. He used to own half of uh Atlantic City. Like he had those hotels and then they just started going bankrupt one by one. So he's not known for politics. But she said that back in the seventies and eighties was it seventies and eighties or sixties and seventies or something like that, he he refused to rent to people of color. He did not want to rent property to anyone that was a non-white person. Which is really sad because at the end of the day, money is money. The same money that a white man can give you is the same money that a black man could give you if they have it. So it's like... Very true, but that's how you and I are looking at it. That's how we view it. That's not how white men... Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's not how white men... Like, if you look at the history of presidents, everybody was... A white man until 2008 older white men until 2008 at one point Bill Clinton was the youngest um, he was the youngest president ever and I think he was what 40 something 45 yeah 45 yes so that's all they look at like this is supposed to be the land of white men I'm in the transportation business I work for New Jersey Transit New Jersey Transit well transportation is known as a business for men when they see women, it's like, what does this woman want here? Like, what does this person in a skirt and heels have to do with transportation? This is 2020, 21st century. Why is that still your viewpoint? Why are you mm-hmm. still viewing this? Why are you still viewing things like this? So it's all over. It's, it's unfortunate. That's how people view things. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the video of kids in Rosedale, Queens, early 70s black kids Mm -hmm. on bicycles they were yes i did see that yeah rosedale is considered a very um do i say affluential part of queens and they were on their bikes and the white kids who were extremely racist so they they learned that from nobody but their parents Mm -hmm. and they used every they called them everything under the sun Mm -hmm. everything except the child of god Mm -hmm. and those kids just kindly turned around and went back home which is good but it was it's 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 heart wrenching. Yeah, right? it's mm-hmm. not something that should be happening, and it's unfortunate because it still happens today. Yeah, mm-hmm. it still happens today, and it's like, are you kidding me? You know, it depends on certain areas, like more diverse areas, it's less likely, but certain areas, it's just like, do I want to succumb to this? Do I feel like being bothered? Do I feel like that challenge? It's not necessary. I'm not gonna subject myself or my family to that. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it, and I think. It has a lot to do with them thinking they have the upper hand. Um, it's called entitlement. Yeah, entitlement. When White privilege. That's yeah, what, white privilege. That's definitely. what I was trying to... Yeah. Do you believe that still exists? Because a, a lot of people don't believe in white privilege. And those are the people that are that privileged. Have, yeah, <laughs> usually, yeah, they don't... But you know what? I will say this, because it took me a long time to realize, because I always thought that white people knew... I always felt like white people knew what it, what 
white privilege was. And I always felt like they knew that they were they were oppressors, if not them, their families. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, like, holy shit, some of them really are in a bubble. Like, they really don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. Like, some of them have never, not that they have never seen black people, but they've never seen them in person. Mm -hmm. Like, they're used to, they're put, like, that's what you were telling me about. They're only, their parents only let them see a specific thing, like, a certain thing. But see, I will say this. They didn't act like they... They didn't agree with that. What they no, that's different. Those parents grew up in one grew up in New York. She grew up on Long Island. Who are you talking about? Um, Plathville. Welcome to Plathville. Can't get off topic. But the I point, understand what you're you to brought say. it up. But the point is, they've seen black people. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't act crazy when they saw black people. It's just that they just wanted a better life for their children. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people that are diehard racists. Mm-hmm. That feel like you are you can never be equal to me. Um, my kids are not gonna like you or your kind. Mm-hmm. And my father built this land, and you will always be less than. Yes. And my thought is your racism is gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. Die. Oh my goodness. Well, in conclusion, I do feel like throughout the years the same problems are reoccurring. Um, in the song, The Message, there are many messages, um, mainly poverty and social injustices. Um, the message in, wait, the messages in the, the messages in the message from all the songs that I'm, I have spoken on today are so prevalent till this day. And hopefully we see some change. Thank you.